This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey everybody, this is Lane with the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. Please send link to the podcast to a friend and uh, help him get out of Bogglehead land, which is the stock market mutual funds, and give him a taste of some other alternate investing. Doesn't have to be a particularly real estate rentals or multifamily, but just help them see the light. You know, give them rich dad, poor dad. Today, I have Jennifer Beatles, who is also in Washington State. I thought I'd bring her on. She can talk a little bit about networking and telling other people what you're doing. Overwhelmed by the amount of stuff is on Simple Passive Cashflow? Don't know where the heck to start? Go to simplepassivecashflow.com backslash start to sign up or text the word simple to 314-665-1767 for the curated course to get you up to speed on the past two years of content. Again, join the free web course, The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow. Go to simplepassivecashflow backslash start or text the word simple to 314-665-1767. So uh, how's it going, Jennifer? It's going great, Lane. Thanks so much for having me. Pretty much I started working at 16 years old and I always focused on, uh, you know, working different jobs where I could, you know, make an hourly rate plus, you know, kind of a commission or tips or something like that. So I um, always kind of had two jobs, which is a little strange, you know, as a young person, but I was always really interested in, you know, earning a good income. And then I realized that income has a cap at least the income that, you know, you're trading your hours for dollars. So um, I, I worked two jobs, bought my first house at 21. I actually saw what the agent made on the commission on the HUD statement. And I was like, wait a second here. He made over $7,000 helping me buy this house. I need to get into real estate. So I got into real estate actually working for a property developer. Uh, I did everything from, you know, doing land feasibility, short plats, permitting. Um, A lot of times I did site plans using AutoCAD. Um, I also hired all the subcontractors and really kind of ran everything, if you will. And one thing that I noticed that the developer was really smart on is he would take some of the business profits and then take that profit and we would go and build a duplex for him to keep. And that was really intriguing to me. That was really the first time that I saw somebody take, you know, business profits or money, you know, kind of from the side there and started to turn that money into passive income. So I was hooked. And uh, so after this first house, um, you know, lived there, realized that, wait, 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 this wasn't investing. I, I have to make the mortgage payment. You know, nobody is making this mortgage payment. I still have to earn an income to make this mortgage payment. How can I, how can I flip the script? How can I take advantage of that? So um, I got my real estate license, not really wanting to sell real estate, but I loved working with investors. Fast forward, I work with, or I've worked with um, investors helping them find cash flowing properties. I've also done a lot of development deals. I also buy personally, and um, I currently have a portfolio of 17 units that does provide over $100,000 a year in passive income. Um, I also do a little bit of peer-to-peer lending, and then I get some profit share from, you know, my brokerage of doing that. Yeah, so you're up in Bothell, Washington. It's King County, where it's probably the number one market in the nation right now, higher than San Francisco in terms of days in market, which I call the uh, epitome metric of the hotness of the market. Are you still finding cash flow today, or how are you doing that? 
Yeah. So I buy the weird stuff. <laughs> I buy the, the, you know, value add opportunities where, you know, other investors may have passed it up. And uh, so I am also, I stay out of Seattle, of course. Um, I invest personally further north or I've helped other investors, you know, invest further south. So uh, like so far this year, I've bought two duplexes in Mount Vernon, Washington. And both of those were over 15% cash on cash return. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a quiet market. Um, but, you know, I was able to find these value add opportunities where the rents were super low um, that the current owner, you know, was getting. Moved those tenants out, put new tenants in, did a little, you know, rehab on some of those and yeah, made super good, you know, investments still. But I think you have to be more careful. So the deals are out there. You just have to be, you know, more careful about what you buy and, and look for those value add opportunities. Because, I mean, you got two paths here. I and mean, obviously, we both can agree you don't want to invest in Seattle or or as Robert Kiyosaki says, you don't want to invest anywhere where there's construction cranes. Yep. I had rental properties in Seattle, but I went out of state to the secondary markets. You know, I wanted to be in the big, in the, the main cities like Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis. And I didn't have the time to source deals like how you are doing. I think you got a lot more property appreciation potential, but I mean, I think you're doing an awesome job. It's just, I can't, I don't have the time. You know, I spent all my time doing this, this podcast and website but, you know, some other investors in the mastermind are, you know, they're local investors and they like to invest locally and, and snipe off good deals. Any uh, tips for those folks that maybe, do they have to be a broker? No, no. And actually, you know, it's funny. So, you know, I'm an agent, which is kind of weird. And then I also work with a lot of agents. So like I actually own a duplex I bought last December in Indianapolis and so, you know, of course I hired an agent to find me that property there. Both of the properties that I bought in Mount Vernon this year. Uh, my agent friends found for me. So I just, you know, I make really good connections with agents who are investor friendly and I tell them what I'm looking for. I give them my criteria. I tell them, Hey, I don't, I'm not going to try to take any part of your commission. I don't want referral fees. Treat me as a regular investor client. And if you find me that deal, that commission's yours job well done and I'll buy more. So I think the biggest thing is trying to get people you know, who will source the deals for you and who actually know, you know, first and foremost, what a good deal is. So sometimes, you know, I find myself kind of having to educate the agents a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, I send them my Excel calculator and I say, hey, here's how you plug in the numbers for me. You know, send me anything that you feel like is a good deal. I will tell you, you know, within 24 hours, if I agree that that's a good deal or not and for whatever reason. And so I treat my agents really good. Um, so, so I think that my advice would be to find really good agents that know how to find the deals and, and they'll do all that background, you know, they'll do all that work for you. Is a lot of those connections coming from the fact that you're a real estate agent too? And um, I mean, yes and no, like my local people, I, you know, I know them because I'm an agent and that's how I met them. The um, out of state agents that I work with, um, most of the times I'll call property managers and I'll say, hey, I'm an, age, uh, I'm an investor from Seattle. I have X amount to invest with. Who is the best agent that you work with that can help me find deals so that you can manage those properties? And a lot of times the property manager will just make introductions for me. Um, I'll ask the agents a list of questions, and, and, but, the, but it has nothing to do with me you know, being an agent. And sometimes I don't even start with that. I don't say, hey, I'm an agent from Seattle. You know, I'll just say, I'm an investor. And this is what I'm looking for. And um, yeah, just make that introduction that way. 
So I've tried to do the same thing and I tell them, you know, I'm looking for at least 1% rent to value ratio and inevitably I hear crickets, right? Because they just don't get that. They can't do division or there's just no deals like in Seattle. What are you, you know, telling these guys? Yeah, so it's, you're so, so, so right. And it is so hard to find agents that understand the numbers. Um, so I try to make it just as simple as possible. So a lot of times I'll, instead of the 1%, I'll just say, um, you know, whatever the, the price is, the rents would need to be that, you know, equivalent to, to 1%. You know, for a $200,000 duplex, I want rents to potential rents to be $2,000 a month. And they'll be like, oh, okay, okay. Um, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. Um, you know, there's not much that's required to become a licensed agent. So, you know, keep that in mind. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of education, you know, a lot of times, like I said, I'll send them an, a deal example even, or I'll send them, you know, my spreadsheet, but, uh, but you'd have to make it so simple. Um, so literally I just keep it simple. So my, I don't buy single family houses. I buy, you know, small multifamily, um, single story is perfect for me. That's actually my favorite is like a single story duplex with the garages in between. And so I'll just tell them, I'll say, Hey, I'm looking for value add duplexes, which means that it's probably undervalued because the rents are lower than what they could be. And it probably needs a little bit of work. And I want the potential rents to be, you know, at least that 1% of the purchase price and anything that you can send to me, you know, I'll help you on the first few kind of crunch the numbers and, and we go from there. Um, a lot of agents kind of fall out <laughs> at that point is they'll be like, yeah, okay, I'll send you deals. And then I never hear from them again. Crickets. So, yeah, crickets. Um, and a lot of times that means that they just don't know. I mean, they don't know. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that you bring this up and that we're having this conversation because so me as an agent, one of the projects that I'm currently working on is a course on how to teach agents how to be investor-friendly agents and how to work with investors. I think that there are so many people out there that want to invest and they're probably missing a relationship. And that relationship is, you know, with these smart agents who, you know, know how to find deals and, and, and or the, the, you know, there's agents that know how to find deals that don't have the investor, you know, contacts. So I'm, I'm hoping to help them solve that there. And then there's the people that really want to learn, but they don't know where to start because there's no one teaching these agents really how to work with investors. So my goal is to, to change that. I'm looking for multifamily, which is a little bit different. I tell people multifamily is a little different world, still same players. And I'm trying to, I made the mistake, I think of, you know, I pulled a list of all the CCIMs, which are the, the higher designation brokers. And I started hitting them up for deals, but it seems like the CCIMs are more experienced. They're not really hustling. Yep. So now I'm sort of moving my, my focus to finding the, the new guys. You just mentioned that, you know, you try and find who are the guys making the most deals. What's your thoughts on, do we go after the more experienced brokers or like the new guys hustling? I, I've had good and bad experiences with both. So the one that found me this really great deal in Indianapolis was brand new. And he was like, look, I, I've been licensed less than a year. I know the city, you know, like the back of my hand. I, I know the area. I don't know the numbers. I don't necessarily know the contracts. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, so I, I kind of helped him out there. But he hustled, just like you said. He hustled. He, you know, let contractors in while we were still pending, you know, was meeting them, getting bids for me. I mean, he did a lot, way more than an experienced agent would ever do. 
So, uh, so that was a, a really great experience. The agent that I worked with here locally up in Mount Vernon, super experienced. And he was like, and he knew the numbers right off the bat. He knew, you know, what rents would be. So he saved me a ton of time. Um, I think based on our relationship, he did all of that for me, um, you know, because of our relationship. I don't know that if I was just, you know, if I didn't know him that he would do all of that. So I think it all depends. I think it depends on uh, like, like me as an agent, when I receive an investor that wants to, you know, look for deals, I'll have that conversation as I'll say, you know, how much do you have to invest? You know, how much are you looking to invest? And I'll kind of vet the investor really to see if it's worth my, my time of, of, you know, it takes so much time to find these really good deals. Um, so I think it goes hand in hand. I think if it's, you know, something where you have a lot to invest and you plan on, um, you know, buying several properties, that's going to be more attractive to an experienced agent, which may be able to, um, get you numbers quicker and help you make other connections. But if you have the time to really kind of train up some of these new ones though, too, and you, you know, can kind of give them some feedback, they're going to hustle. So both, yeah. <laughs> you need both. Right. I mean, we, we can all talk in theory, but until like, you know, folks like you and I talk or, and I, I, I just recently came back from a, a trip with other real estate investors that we talked about like, where, where are you getting those deals from? Is it the new guys, the young guys or the old guys? Like, it's just all just theories. I know like I went on Kiora, which is a decent website for asking random questions. I asked like, how do you find the new real estate agents who just passed their license that are hungry? And uh, I didn't get it back an answer, but I got a snarky comment back saying you go to idiot.com or something like that. And I'll post that on the uh, Simple Passive Cashflow Hui Facebook group. One of the first things I looked into getting away from Wall Street were the many crowdfunding sites out there. But I just was not into paying another middleman to give me a false sense of security and then take a chunk of the profits from the operator and me, the investor. Check out simplepassivecashflow.com backslash len or text the word money to 314-665-1767. These lending opportunities are exclusive to Simple Passive Cashflow listeners to power operators I trust and will put my brand on the line with. Again, for more information, check out simplepassivecashflow.com backslash lend or text money to 314-665-1767. Is there like a list somewhere or like the secretary of state that I can go and pull a list like that? Or like, is there some like happy hour you guys all go to? Uh, so I don't particularly hang out with a lot of agents, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I think like, like going back to the, the most important thing is whether they're new or not, they need to be able to know how to find a deal. It is completely different if I were to call up an agent and say, Hey, I'm going to be buying a house cause I'm moving to Indianapolis. I mean, those agents are a dime a dozen that can, that can find you a house to live in. Though finding someone that you say, I'm looking for value add opportunities with the 1% rule. I mean, I would say out of a hundred agents, you might get one or two that are actually going to know what you're talking about. So I think first and foremost is like, how do you get in front of people that know how to find the deals? And, um, and that's kind of, you know, where I, I've tried everything, like literally everything. Um, and I found that the property managers were usually the best. Property managers or lenders were usually the best. Hard money lenders also um, work with a lot of agents that are, you know, getting deals um, in, you know, through their clients are doing loans. 
So I don't know of, an, of a list that exists out there. Uh, you know, for Washington, though, there is, you know, the Department of Licensing uh, does have, you know, all of the licensed agents on there and their, you know, license status. Um, I don't believe it has email addresses, so you'd literally be, you know, on the phone, you know, calling around. Um, you can That's what the virtual assistants are for. Yes, <laughs> leverage. Uh, you know, the MLS, though, also has, um, you know, a, every, every agent's contact information that you could do an email blast with and just say, I'm an investor, here's what I'm looking for. Um, but I think you need to heavily vet those agents, though, too. Um, I think you need to know that those agents actually know how to find deals. I recently came back from kicking the dirt in the high elevations in Panama, the site of the investment I am proudest of in my personal holdings, which is Turnkey Coffee Farmland Parcels. Coffee, cash flow, and a legacy investment within Turnkey Management. Go to Simple Passive Cash Flow backslash coffee to get a parcel in your mind before the whole mountain is gone. Moving to Hawaii soon and, you know, doing what I preach, live where you want, but invest where the numbers make sense. And there it's very similar to Seattle or San Francisco. Just the rent evaluations just are like, no bueno, it doesn't work. And I wanted to, uh, you know, I kind of saw your business as, you know, you, you've got, you're selling houses on the side, but you're primarily a real estate investor. And you may not really quite believe in like the Seattle market. But like, what, what's a good balance that you're seeing? You're in the business, you're networking with all these people. What kind of a split between how much houses you're selling as opposed to how much inventory you're picking up? So I don't work with regular clients. I only work with investors. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I've kind of phased myself out you know, of the regular sales business. So I have another team. That, but anyways, my main focus right now is continuing to build, you know, my personal portfolio, bringing investors in on, you know, other kind of weird deals that we have. The new construction is always great. It just, I'm, I'm always looking for deals. So if it's something that I won't buy, then I'll, you know, send it out to my investor group. And I don't care where the deal is. So like, you know, I'm looking at Indianapolis. So the Indianapolis, I was probably going to write an offer today on a $35,000 duplex that's worth a hundred. Um, you know, rents are $1,300 a month. So basically the majority of my time is spent looking at deals. If it's here locally, great. If it's out of state, great. So what about like the local real estate meetups? Uh, you know, there's the paid ones, which I don't particularly like here in Washington. And there's the free ones, which I think are a lot better. Like what's your take on the ecosystem up here in Washington? Yeah. Um, so, well, and actually we do meetup. I don't really go to any of the other meetups. So like, I don't know, I, I don't have any feedback on, on other meetups. You know, our meetup we do just because I had, you know, people that kind of helped me as I got started. So my goal is to, that's kind of my, my blog is really like me just telling these random stories about, you know, deals and properties and, uh, you know, cash flow and how our net worth has increased by buying all these rentals and how my husband retired, uh, you know, at 30 years old, 29 actually years old. So anyway, so, so my purpose in those is literally to just give back to others, but I have, I haven't attended like as a investor attending someone else's meetup. I mean, really I have a two year old. So like any extra time that I have is just family time of any other thoughts that you'd like to leave the, uh, the passive investors on the podcast. Get started now. I mean, I have a lot of people that say, ah, should I wait for the next market cycle? And, and I think what I, what I can tell everyone is, um, just get started. I mean, just get started now, be very, very careful and be very, you know, picky about what you buy and, you know, crunch the numbers and make sure it's a good deal. 
Uh, but don't wait. I mean, don't wait for something to happen. Don't wait till you think you're ready. Literally just take action, you know, find good people to source you deals, be writing offers, even if you have to write, you know, a hundred offers to get one deal right now, um, just take action. I think that that's, you know, the biggest thing that you can do. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. Don't worry about politics, you know, anything else. There's so many reasons, you know, not to, to do something, but don't even focus on those. Just get started, you know, listen to these podcasts, go to your website. Your website is phenomenal and just take action. Right. Just keep buying as long as the numbers make sense. And if there's a correction, you can hold on to the property. So yep. Absolutely. Where do you want people to get a hold of you? I know you you're uh, you can help a lot of there's a lot of Washington investors that listen to the podcast just because I uh, you can go to my blog at reimillionaire.com. It stands for real estate investing millionaire, not because REI is from Seattle. Uh, so reimillionaire.com. Do not judge me on the look of the website. Like I said, marketing is not my thing. My goal is just to share information. Um, give you guys good content. So uh, you can find me there. If you have any specific questions, just, um, you know, click on there, send me an email and I'll get back to you. Well, appreciate it, Jennifer. All right. Thanks, Lane. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.